You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... everybody and welcome to Phoenix 92.5 FM. My name is Dara Connor. You are listening to the Wrestling Rewind, the only podcast by wrestling fans who don't hate wrestling. And we have a heck of a show for you this week. Um, of course, the feed is up to date. Again, sorry for the, the bit of a delay there. Um, we are trying to get better. We are trying to get better with social media. Go over to WrestlingRewind.com and you'll be able to follow us there. We, you know, the more you follow us, the, the more um, incentive we have to get better at it. So please do make us get better. Um, we have a very, very interesting show today. It is uh, our first foray actually into TNA, not into uh, punishment for Martin's uh, hubris. <laughs> <laughs> Where, you know, he, he goes, I want to know what ECW would be like if ECW ran it and then I'm willing to provide it. Um, so... On this to be show, fair yeah. now, I never asked. I want to know what TNA would be like if Vince Russo ran it. <laughs> I never. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. TNA was run by Vince Russo, and we will get into that because, you know, what we have today is, you know, as I described to you earlier on, it's a really good vertical slice of like prime TNA. Not before it got really good in 2005 into 2007, but when it was getting there. But it still has so much weird stuff in it. <laughs> that it's just one of those shows you're like what is this so guys you do not want to miss it um you know what i will say is if this is your first time checking out thank you so much please go over and get the podcast because i have to edit these shows quite comprehensively sometimes <laughs> and you miss does, yes. <laughs> and, and you miss you miss the full experience of it so if you want that all i can say is the shows are free um but go over and get them because you're not getting the full experience Sometimes the conversations wander into slightly more controversial topics that might scandalize the good listeners of Phoenix FM. Exactly, exactly. And while we love being a Phoenix FM, we sometimes have to be careful that, we, you know, <laughs> of what we say. And then, even though not in what we say, what's covered on the program sometimes, particularly when we're in the attitude era and the signs are getting very risque. So uh, yeah. if you if you want the full experience, go over there and you're able to get all the shows for free. But if you do want to support us, um, we have... Uh, Patreon tiers, which are not updated, 
Uh, at the moment, the most infamous and famous is the X-Pac Euro. So we would appreciate that. Even Although one. for for uh, for this particular episode, we're going to have to change that to the six-pack Euro. Yes, that's true. That's true. That's true. So if you want to give us a six-pack Euro, uh, you can go over and uh, support us on Patreon. But that's enough plugging. That's enough uh, um, promoting our own stuff before we, we get going. My name is Howard Connor, and I'm joined by the one, the only, one and all, undefeated, Mr. Martin Hardy, how are you, Martin? Grand, I'm feeling very cultured. I was just uh, the girlfriend was uh, saying, you know, past couple of weeks that we don't we don't do enough sort of cultured stuff. We we're living in uh, you know Ireland's second city, and we should be out at theatres and seeing plays, and you know, doing all that. Kind I think of people thing. from so Cork would be very s- upset. That. <laughs> Well, Cork's the third city. Like, I mean, if we're going by size, Cork's that's the third. Fair. That's fair. That's I fair. and I live down in Cork, and these are these are great buys down there. But they are great you're, buys. You're significantly smaller than Belfast. It, it is one street. To be fair, <laughs> and, really a, and a grand street. It's a gra- It's a great street, but still one but street one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that loops yeah. around. So, um, so uh, I, I finally relented and took her out to the orchestra tonight. But oh, lovely. That she realised that what the orchestra was was doing a rendition of themes, theme tunes from the Legend of Zelda series. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was, it was actually kind of brilliant. There's actually, um, there's a good thing that used to, that used to be, they used to tour video games live. And it was all theme music of like different, from different games, stuff like that done with a full orchestra. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool oh, when you see it that- actually all done. That sounds class because, like, I mean, music's such a part of video games, but you you, you tend to overlook it because it's it's there, but it's it's not like the active part of the game, but it makes up such a huge part of the experience. Like one of my Absolutely. favorite albums is the Hades soundtrack. It's just outstanding. Oh yeah, no, there's like there's some games that, what I mean, like Foley in general is such a big thing, but like. <sighs> Hades is a really good example, but the most obvious ones are like Doom. But either one, like the, yes. the new Doom specifically, like where, you know, you're doing the glory kills and stuff like that. And it's just the music oh, kind of goes with it. So. Doom, Quake, Metal Gig, oh, that'd be class. Yeah, it'd be so good. It'd be so good. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, that's class. That's really good. I'm glad you had a good night. That's why when you're like, I'm going to a concert, I'm like, oh, are, are you sure you want to? do shows tonight but fair play man like when I do a concert I'm like no I'm I'm drinking <laughs> that's, I'm, that's it so I'm feeling feeling very cultured very very, cool. very civilized so a bit of Vince Russo era TNA is exactly oh, what I need man. to bring me bring, to bring me right, right back down. into the muck <laughs> right down but before we get into that and again it is going to be the, the bulk of the show and if we do run over we're going to go to it because listen if you haven't seen this show, you it's free. It's it's on Impact Wrestling's own YouTube, so you can watch it for free, and you should. But before we get into it, um, it's a bit of AEW news. So we're a couple of weeks, we're five weeks away from from the AEW show in London, and um, there's been a like, to be honest with you, man, this is like an earth shattering report. Uh, and I know it's not on the scale of like Vince being fired and then being bought back and WWE being sold, but it is it is up there. This fundamentally, it's sorry, this concerning. Fun, yeah, it, it is, and that's the word that I wanted to use. Uh, it's this fundamentally changes AEW, <laughs> and I, I'm 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 glad that I'm able to talk to you about this 
uh, like as it's happening because it is like literally just breaking. But I'm going to read through read through this report and then I'll get your thoughts on it because I don't know how this is going to work. I'll be honest with you. Anyway, so there's a report here from Fifil Select. Uh, it's it's on everywhere. Cage so I see what culture, rest of you all this kind of stuff. They're pretty much everywhere. Uh, is reporting this now in some way, some way or other. But five fill select broke this uh, earlier on today. Quote: AEW has sent out documentation that outlines a series of moves that are either banned or require approval from above. Uh, so only obviously Tony Khan and the executives. The banned moves list includes unprotected chair, chair shots to the head, strikes to the back of the head, blind moves backwards into the turnbuckle like the buckle bomb, spitting and selling like one is having a seizure. Wrestlers are also prohibited from physical contact with the crowd, including taking food and drinks from the fans in attendance. So a match that happens in this TNA show wouldn't be allowed. Uh, weapons and projectiles in the crowd are a no-no, as is bleeding in the audience. The list of moves require so the list of moves that require approval from above is much broader and accrues things like quote bumping onto the ring, outside the ring, and on the ring apron. Any spots with tables, ladders, or chairs, all variations of pile drivers, hurricane ranas, sit down uh, pile drivers or power bombs, using weapons and throwing objects, choking with hands and feet, high risks from the top rope, bleeding on purpose, injury spots brawling into the crowd, um, any spots involving non wrestlers like referees. Right. So that's. Man, that's everything. <laughs> that's so, so this is so far. Look, some of these make sense. I'll be honest with you, right? I really do. Uh, shots to the back of the head shouldn't be done. I mean, that's dangerous. <laughs> Genuinely, that is dangerous. Uh, yeah. Unprotected share shots. While, you know, the animal part of our brain is like, oh, it looks great and sounds great. It's like, uh, you, you shouldn't. You shouldn't, you know. So I, I get that. It makes sense. Pile drivers, fair enough. Uh, you know, bleeding on the audience, bleeding in the audience, you know, interacting with the audience in that way. Okay, there, there's a case made that that caused problems, lawsuits, etc. Here's where it loses me, right? Uh, using weapons in general, right? Hurricane Rana. Any yeah. spots involving tables, ladders, and chairs? Well, I think it's important to make in this list to make a distinction between the banned list and the kind of requires authorization list, you know. So the stuff yeah. on the on the requires authorization list, um, my hope is that uh, that'll just be a kind of a, oh, hey, Tony, me and Jungle Boy is going to do a Poison Rana off the apron tonight, all right? Just let you know. I'm hoping that that's what it is. Yeah. And that's why they've made it so separate from this band list. Um, so, like you said, some of the stuff's perfectly fine um, and hasn't really been a thing. I mean, Cody Rhodes, I think, was the last time I saw an unprotected headshot in wrestling in 20 years, maybe. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, so, actually, with that. Do you think. So there's been this thing for a while and it has, it's it's, it's a meme, right? It is a meme, but it's a true meme. So, you know, it, that's still truth. Where AEW specifically does mad things, like ridiculous things. Yeah. And there's a lot of injuries. Do you think this is, and you can see them. I mean, there, there's Facebook pages and clips and stuff you can see it. Um, and it's like, you know, the joke is, you know, they're killing themselves for a hot dog and a handshake, you know? Uh, I, I think 
this and is. Do you, do you think this is a reaction to that where they're trying to actually stop that? No, I think this is coming from uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. Really? So okay. AW is AW is um, basically if they haven't negotiated it already, they're right. in the finalizing process of negotiating their next TV rights deal. Right. And I think what's happened here is Warner Bros. Discovery has said, look, this is great, but uh, we don't want to be paying out for a big guy like Punk or Brian Danielson or Moxley if mm. they're going to spend, you know, six months of the year every year injured. Yeah. Uh, and also if we're doing bigger venues with more people and we're becoming a bigger company, we don't want to risk, you know, like lawsuits from audience members who got splattered with blood or hit with, you know, a drink or something. So I, I, I think this is coming from Warner Bros more than AW itself. My right. hope, my hope is that uh, TK will sign up to it and go, yeah, great, thanks lads. And then it'll just kind of be, you know, it'll be a poster on a wall somewhere, but nobody's really going to listen to it. Yeah. Um, because as you say, some of this stuff is just nonsense. Like next week they're doing blood and guts. Literally. <laughs> like, literally. What? Yeah, it makes you no can't. sense. You can't. And what about like, so So there's a whole section here, blood in the crowd, objects in the crowd, weapons in the crowd, taking drinks from guests in the crowd. That is anarchy in the arena. Yeah. That's like one of their most famous match types. That's it. Like if if this is to be taken as red, that's done with. Yeah. Um, like, so like there were obviously going to be changes in AEW as it became a bigger company because bigger company, more money, more investment, but with more investment, more people have a say. And the worst thing is that the people who have the say are not always wrestling people. And I have always said that if AEW has to become WWE, to be as successful as WWE, I would much rather that they stay as the number two company forever. So, look, this list on its own... Because, because the thing about it is, like, again, a lot of these make sense. I mean, if yeah. I never saw an unprotected chair shot again, I would be like, okay, that's fair enough. Strikes to the back of the head. You know they're lethal. I know they're lethal. They're, they're very dangerous. You, you do it even in a real, quote, real sport. Uh, it's looked down upon, right? If not banned outright. So, I mean, that makes sense. Buckle yeah. bombs, fair enough. I mean, like, look, it ended Sting's career, basically. Uh, and it's, you know, it, it's... I get, I get the buckle I get bomb it. specifically. I what I don't get is blind move backwards into the turnbuckle. So, there's going to be a lot of moves that that will affect you know in terms of like Pac does a like a shotgun drop kick that sends them into the turnbuckle and uh, and that's a little bit different because like I mean I, oh, I think it's more yeah, that's but, what I mean what is that so a blind move backward into the turnbuckle could technically be an Irish whip true I don't see this, you this, hit the, this is what the way I think the turnbuckle you're facing the other way so the, the way I think blind is interpreted here and again you can probably interpret this anyway you can make an argument for anything but I think the way they're interpreting this is um, you are fully just 
you have no, there's momentum is just carrying it. You're not guided in. Like with a book of bomb, you're just thrown in and you're not even able to protect yourself. Really, that move actually was always very dangerous. To be honest with you, um, it uh, was. And look, see a, a specific move being, but like, yeah, I, I like if I never see a buckle bomb again, like, so what? You know, S- spitting is weird. I mean, okay, fair enough. And selling like one is having a seizure. I get why. Well, that's uh, Some of these are very clearly references to specific to incidents. Specific incidents, yeah, yeah exactly. So, taking <laughs> drinks from food, like that's MJF, and yeah. the seizure is Brian Danielson. Yeah. Um, but the spitting is one, like, because that's such a big part of it. Like, how many wrestling storylines over the years have been... I had sure, spit, yeah. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, their whole thing was, uh, what was it? Michaels went to... Uh, spit at Brett and Brett moved and it hit the Undertaker or yeah like the guys are out there wrestling they're like they're in their pants basically they're all over each other like I don't think a bit of spit is going to be any kind of additional you know medical <laughs> danger or threat I, I think it's just uh, you know there's probably a lot of this that has to kind of be done but my hope is, particularly when you're moving down to the approval side of things, that it doesn't tame the product down. Because, I mean, that w- like, for example, Moxley can't wrestle then. This is yeah. his entire career. Like, he's done. Yeah. You know? Uh, this is what, what, so what concerns me is that, like, and again, nobody, we only have the list. We don't know where it's come from. We but don't know where it's from. my reading of this is that it's, it's a... Uh, part of the uh, TV rights negotiations with Warner Brothers Discovery. Because um, I don't see Tony Khan just suddenly deciding that he doesn't like, you know, Hurricane Ran <laughs> or, yeah. you know, or interactions with the crowd or anything. Yeah. And like, it is like, so this list on its own, totally in isolation, we'll see how it works out. Um, I'm not worried. Doesn't, it's, it's, it's not the end of AEW or anything, but no. I am concerned that it is a sign that as the company gets bigger, we're going to see more and more encroachment on the creative end of it from the business end of it. Mm. And that concerns me because that's basically how WWF, WWE ended up being the sort of bland, homogenized, pasteurized product we have today. Oh, but that's that's the other side of the coin, man. Anything that is bland and homogenous, sorry, anything that is successful to everybody is going to be bland and homogenous. You know, exactly. There's, yeah, there's a reason why pop music is popular. <laughs> there's a reason why Fortnite is popular. You know, it appeals well, to I everybody. What I don't get with these business heads is that AW has achieved the success, like the phenomenal success it has, like putting aside all the tribal stuff, like forget about, like don't even talk about it as wrestling. This Mm. is a startup company that in four years has become the biggest in the world next to the, you know, the global leader that's had a 60 year head start and 20 odd years without any competition. So I don't understand how these business heads come in and go, look, we're going to give you more money, but we'd like to change some stuff. no, leave the creative end of it alone. Uh, look, uh, uh, that is where, where that's mostly affected. And there's a great channel um, or a great series on YouTube called What Happened or What yes. Happened. 
And uh, it's, you know, that's what happened in video games. You know, video games were, were the Wild West for a while. People realized you could get so much more money and much broader appeal, which is true. And uh, yeah, it just became its whole thing. And the more money that goes into it, the more stakeholders. And I mean, it makes sense, man. It's just, it, it is one of those things where I'm like, I really hope this isn't the way. Because like, look, maybe a lot of what Vince did and has done creatively was for a reason. <laughs> it makes money. It's incredibly successful. Is it bland and boring? Yes. But it makes money. Yeah, and, it, it appeals uh, to the widest possible... You know what this goes back to? Butt punk. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this is another kind of thing. And look, may, maybe this could be blown out of the water, but the fact that this is so... I'm, I'm hoping. Out of like nowhere. My, is wild. Yeah, my hope is that this is something that they've signed up as part of the... Yeah. You know, something that covers them legally. I think, I think you're right. Yeah, I think nudge, you're right. Nudge, nudge. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing about it is, though... I will be watching it with a keen eye because I'm like, all right, how does this change? Because as you said, Blood and Guts is next week. <laughs> but like, it's Blood ridiculous. And Guts, Anarchy in the Arena. Um, like they're, they're just, they've just put out um, or they're putting out, what is it, Stadium Stampede for the AW game. They're making a Stadium Stampede update. So like, I assume we'll see it return at some stage. Like, yeah. See, as the company gets bigger, right, I get that the investment end of it is going to want to see more of a return on that. And in order yeah. to get that return, you need to appeal to a wider group of people. But my view is that that would lead to the complete collapse of the company because yeah. they don't need a broad, bland wrestling product because there already is one. AEW exists as an alternative. And if it comes out, like if it tries to transition into being just another WWE, it just collapse because that already yeah. exists exactly and you know to kind of transition a little bit and go into tna that's what happened in tna you know that that is literally the problem they got so big by being an alternative good or bad and we'll talk about some of the problems with it but it was an alternative at the time and then they were like how do we get bigger well let's like let's be like wwe and the more they became like wwe the worse it got until they got went back and they're like, no, we need to be what we are. And again, man, look, because why would you watch WWE life when you can just watch WWE? Exactly. But the thing about it is I, from the get go, and I know I'm like a broken record sometimes, but if they do go down that road, they'll have to learn that lesson as well, where they'll, they'll homogenize themselves to such a point where they're copying off WWE and then they'll lose their core audience, shrink, Collapse or somehow like TNA will survive a nuclear war. Like they will always be around. I don't know how they're still around. It's incredible. It really is. Nuclear holocaust and all the little. What are these cockroaches doing in the Impact Zone? <laughs> all that will be left is cockroaches and Impact Wrestling. That's Impact. it. Like that's the only thing that'll be left. <laughs> Jeff Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's the lesson that should have been learned from TNA, and I hope like this triggers my Spidey sense, my TNA. PTSD like where I'm like oh god I've been here before you know and I hope it is just a legal thing and it isn't a sign of the times but yeah. I'll put a pin in it because we do have but, to hop in the time machine man but re reading that none of that strikes me as coming from Tony Khan yeah I don't think so I think it's from no, way no. above them I think it's from way above them but we are going to hop in the time machine uh, we're going to go to a new part of the world we've never been to before uh, we've never been to the TNA Asylum 
So yeah, we're hopping in the time machine to June 18th, 2003, Nashville, Tennessee, the TNA Asylum with an attendance of a whopping 1,000 people. And this isn't just any show. This is TNA's first anniversary show. So it commemorates the first ever anniversary. The, sorry, it commemorates the first anniversary of the first ever TNA show, which took place June 19th, 2002. I, I'll tell you what I'll say for the 1,000 people that were there. This would come noise than, than you get on an average Raw with yeah, like, 15,000 so people at it. So this would eventually become anniversary, right? So just to put it into perspective, it's the Bound for Glory is their WrestleMania, right? Uh, and anniversary so, uh, is like their SummerSlam. So that kind of put that makes sense for people. And they would do the King of the Mountain match and, and this. So oh, I thought there's it was a the other way around. It depends. Uh, like it depends. It used no, but to be... I'm, I'm not correct. I'm asked because I, I no, 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 no. It genuinely depends. Like Bound for Glory is is their biggest show that they run. But oh. they they it, it used to be, and then they brought Bound for Glory, and it became the biggest thing. Like even if you look at the press releases now, Slammiversary is very important. They do the King of the Mountain match. I don't think they do it anymore. But when they did, they pumped up. But Bound for Glory is the one that they because Slammiversary is is the only TNA show that I watch regularly every year. Yeah, because I, I had assumed that it was there. No, Bound for Glory is the big one. Yeah, wow. because they're going okay. off the. They're going, to they're going off. Yeah, they're going off the the. Basically, their logic is the same as um, Starcade. There's yeah. no big show at the end of the year, so they do at the end of the year. But yeah. it did swap like up until Bound for Glory took off, really. Uh, this would be would have been the WrestleMania, so it does really depend. But yeah, Bound for Glory is their big show, and if you look, that's the one that they took to Japan. That's the one that they they do all the crossover in New Japan as well. So, oh, cool. What, what I'd say is <laughs> everything in TNA, particularly, and this this is not just for you, Martin. This is for everyone listening who may may have not have done the. This is why I've been apprehensive to do it. At the start of each match, usually in the TNA show, they explain what's going on. I'm going to have to do that with time periods because it's all hard and fast. You know, it's like, it's this and then it's, then it's this and then it's back to this. So just, you know, everything with a grain of salt. It's DNA and then it's, it's Impact and then it was briefly uh, UWF for a while, wasn't it? No, it was, and in it was, fact, this isn't even TNA. This is NWA TNA. Yes, so this was so this is when TNA were part of the National Wrestling Alliance. So for and all the titles that they had were also a part of the National Wrestling Alliance. Uh, I think in 2005 they had the split and they went separate, and then we had the first TNA title. But yeah, pretty much yeah. all of this kind of stuff, with the exception of the X Division belt, it's all sanctioned by the NWA. Because it it was when I was watching it, there was something just something just slightly surreal about. AJ Styles with the NWA ten pounds of gold, like it yep. was, yeah, it was, it was just off a bit. So okay, so basically we are going to do our in your house arc soon, but I wanted a palate cleanser. This show is a nice, no, nice is the wrong word. It's two hours, and it's a good vertical slice for for TNA because I mean I I didn't want to go super hard with the really good stuff and I didn't want to go super hard with the real terrible stuff I wanted to just be like right this but is both of which I'm looking forward to in exactly in exactly but, but, but we need a baseline 
We need a baseline yeah. for everybody because, like, again, I know what this is. Dave knows what this is. A lot of people listening might, but then a lot of people might not, you know. And this one is well, free. I, I don't. This yeah, exactly. Look, this one is free. It's it's on the YouTube channel that that they have. It, it's you know, legitimately, it's it's you know, there's no paywall, and I tried to keep it as accessible as possible. Um, and you know, I would say if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Go watch it. I'll link it in in our description um, when this does go up. But um, you can watch it now and then come back uh, because it will make a lot more sense. Again, a lot of the stuff that we talk about, it will sound crazy, but it's actually what happened on the show. So please just... You're, you're, yeah. This is going to be a mixture of like both parts of WCW. We're like the oh, bad yeah. and the good, you know? Yeah, we're not, we're not going to... like. It, this isn't like a a latter day WCW review where we're just going to rip it apart for ninety minutes. Like no, there's no, no, genuinely good stuff in here, but it's almost even more frustrating then because the really good stuff is kind of being drowned out by a whole pile of Vince Russo crap. Yeah, basically. So, you know, when I knew there was a problem, when the show started off with a cover of Toxicity by System of a Down. <laughs> I was like, that sounds really familiar. Uh, it's like, oh no, they're doing the WCW <laughs> thing where they take a popular song and change one chord. Literally, that's what happened. There's one part where the note is slightly different and it's like, oh wow, you've used the same effects and everything. So I forgot that was the TNA team music and also Vince Russo's team music. So it does make sense, but it's also like, well, we're only in, like we've just started and already they're aping WCW. Now, I will have to say the video package, that aside, was actually quite good. It really got you kind of, yeah, yeah, it got you pumped to like, well, the first year they actually have done an awful lot. Uh, Had a lot of the X Division kind of stuff, had a lot of AJ Styles. And yeah, but also a lot of Vince Russo, which is kind of part of it. But what's interesting about this off the bat is they know what they have. They know the X Division is what what brought them there, why people are watching, because it isn't like anything else. You know, Uh, we're also. Can you help me out with something, Dara, here? Of course, yeah. So, this is... How how do I I explain this without sounding... without muddling everything up? This is a pay-per-view, but this was at a time when every weekly show was technically a pay-per-view. Yes. But this is a pay-per-view in that it's a... It's not just literally pay-per-view. It is a, a bigger show. So, oh, that's actually a great question. I should have mentioned that. So, at this point, TNA didn't have a TV deal. There was no TV deal. The first TV deal was with Fox Sports Online, which actually, when you think about it, was really, really forward thinking. And then after that, it was Spike, right? Um, But before that, they would just run pay-per-views, where every single show would be a pay-per-view. You'd have to go buy an order, right? but this show specifically is an anniversary of their first show. So while they're not calling them pay-per-views in the sense that they're an event, this was, was the first event pay-per-view. Yes. Does that yeah. make sense? Okay. So because it's because the term pay-per-view kind of has two meanings in that. It does, yeah. There's a literal that you pay-per-view, but also wrestling fans over the years have come to understand the term pay-per-view as, as a big deal. Major... Yeah, uh, major show until they decided to change the PLE. Yeah, so uh, essentially every show was a PLE. Well, you know, to put it into into modern 
into modern parlance, like you would directly sponsor the show by buying it every week or every yes. couple of weeks when they do it. Do you know week. how much was uh, if you if you if you're oh, tuning was, into Dana into TNA? How much was an episode? Oh, it would be what it would normally be. It would be like fifty bucks. What? Yeah. How many? <laughs> well, many well, they, well, they did the weekly shows, right? So they would do. This was the fiftieth show. People were so, not dropping two no dollars a month on TNA. Were of they? course they weren't. Of course they weren't. But they needed revenue somehow, and this was the only way they could really do it. I don't know but if why they not put it on pay per view for a five or a show. Dude, this was a different time. <laughs> they they were just trying to get as much money as possible, you know. Uh, and again, a lot of this was was being was being run at loss as well, right? So there's money here, but there's also not money here. Uh, and there there will obviously, you know, it it it's an interesting it's an interesting uh, case study because there's lots of different angles we can take at it. But basically, when you look at it this way, right? This is a wrestling show, a weekly wrestling show that's trying to get TV. That's the whole purpose of what's going on here. They're trying to get TV. So they, they're running out of loss to try and get it. But the thing about it is they're not touring. They have uh, pretty decent facilities like the Asylum. It actually looks like the National Stadium. It's good. It really does. And, and, it, and it's a good uh, setup. Like, it's like a good I setup, wasn't, yeah. I wasn't being facetious when I said that the 1,000 people there make more noise than... No, they do. Like they, they do. Did. It was... They did, yeah. It, it, it sounds like a house show in a good way. Yeah. Like oh, it, it literally... doesn't it doesn't feel like a small time indie or anything. No, no. It 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 okay, so there is another promotion that we're going to cover because it only existed for like six months called WWA. Have you ever heard of that yes. company before? Yeah. So that was the bridge from when the Titanic of WCW <laughs> and ECW was going down. They all jumped onto those lifeboats before TNA happened. It's the proto TNA. And this is like yes. a really interesting I think interesting Bret Hart did a WWE tour at one stage. Yeah, he was the commissioner. Yes, he wasn't wrestling. He was in, du- he was in Dublin. He was in Dublin. Yeah, He was, because I saw uh, I saw an interview he did. Um, he was on, it was in England. Uh, they did some TV show and he was on like this morning show and he was supposed to be there to like hype up the WBA show but my god I have never seen a man more disinterested in anything <laughs> in his entire life well you know we will get to that but that's a that's a that's a, a separate episode in and of itself but why I bring it up is because a lot of the the talent just used their gimmick so they used their WCW their ECW and their WWE gimmick there they did very much the same thing here because they weren't on TV Technically, they were able to get away with it, but not really. It wasn't until they went on TV or started doing the the, the online stuff where WWE were like, "Hey, what are you doing, PJ Palacco? You're not, you're not just incredible. <laughs> we own that." So that's why when you're watching the show, you're like, "Well, okay, uh, I, I guess it, it, it you know, it, it's that weird like negative zone where it's like." It doesn't count, but does count, but but doesn't count. You know, like the first thing you see on the show is Sam Man walking out in an ECW shirt. Yeah, doesn't always just hoping. <laughs> TNA is just kind of hoping that uh, WB is looking at this going. 
it's not worth the money it would cost no, us to hoping, the paperwork to see them. Literally, or they're like, we're hoping WWE don't know about this, you know, which is probably <laughs> the truth of it as well. Uh, because it's so... It's so small by comparison. There's just, there's no threat at all. So, I don't know. It it It, is, it will be interesting to see how much that changes as we kind of move on from this point. But in between the the invasion angle and like TNA getting television after Unbreakable 2005 that's when like this weird nebulous negative zone exists where gimmicks where gimmick infringement and trademarks don't matter <laughs> really because Sting walks out uh, with his WCW music which is also a rip off of Seek and Destroy by Metallica it actually it literally is Seek and Destroy by Metallica so I mean <laughs> you figure it out that's what I'm saying okay so uh, it's, it's mad when you think about that that like um because ECW pulled stuff like this as well and uh, you know TNA is doing this and nowadays everything is so above board and the tid just like poor Tony Khan has to give away like half his money just to get the final countdown for one show <laughs> but that's the thing it, it's a different world and that's why when we're looking at it you know you, you kind of have to really sit back it's what we say about the actually there it's of its time. This is very much of its time in every way. It's like, it's pre-internet, but not pre-internet, but not like really good internet. Um, and that's where it exists. And that's how it kind of did what T- I was able to do. This era of TNA is something that actually could have really benefited from like uh, YouTube. Oh yeah. like But YouTube as we have it today in that it's able to broadcast like high quality production stuff um but that's what it was doing and it was it was doing it was doing it in the only way it could which was you know pay-per-view the pay-per-view yeah but i'm sure like the pay-per-view providers take like a a huge chunk of of course of course you know whereas if you were just sticking it up on youtube you could you know you could do that yourself with very little cost yeah but then they wouldn't be able to do like wdb would copyright the hell out of most of this <laughs> I'm actually amazed they haven't done now it must be some kind of deal that they've struck with them it, uh, it has to be because it's like there's just so much copyright infringement where you're like whoa okay well, maybe maybe WWE was looking at TNA at the time and going well we've we've eaten WCW we've eaten ECW we should probably leave TNA alone because we're going to need a, feeder a place, a yeah. place to get wrestlers from. Yeah, you know, which is which when, probably which might have happened. I mean, like most well, of I WWE's mean, roster is from from Impact Wrestling. Yeah. So I yeah, mean, I mean, look at uh, so the the champion in this is AJ Styles, and yep. where's AJ now? You know exactly. So look, um, the first match is the the three live crew. Sorry, that's the sorry that's the dark match. Uh, there's a couple of dark matches we're not talking about. The first match is D'Lo Brown, uh, Kazarian, uh, The Sandman, David Young, D- Don Harris, and Sonny Saki, right? So this six six on tag team match, uh, they lampshade the fact that it's very weird that D'Lo and Sandman are in a team. And it's even weirder that Frankie Kazarian is in the team with them. Um, basically, uh, this is a match to build up Kaz, which it is. Because Frankie Kazarian will become T- one of TNA's biggest stars. And it's kind of a shame that, you know, he's on AEW now and he's kind of a shadow. I think he's, of no, I think he's gone. Is he gone? But last I time I saw him, he was he was there. But man, when I, I say... I think, when I, I think he's gone literally in like the last 
two or three weeks. But when I say Kazarian was a massive star, he's a he was, massive man, star. They, they, just towards the end of the pandemic, they really hit on something awesome with, with Kazarian. Uh, so he did quite well when AAW first started because he was he was their first tag team champion with Christopher Daniels. Yeah. Um, and then they split up and that, that kind of got a, a nice moment and the two of them went off on their own then. And he started this feud with the elite where he was, he called himself the elite hunter. And basically any time a member of the elite was a match or backstage or whatever, he'd appear out of nowhere and like beat the hell out of them. And it was really cool. And people got behind it and people were going, oh my God, this is going to be great. We're going to get Kazarian versus Hangman, then versus each of the Bucks, and then all building up to Kazarian versus uh, Omega for the world title. And like, obviously he lose, but that'll be such a cool run. And then they just, like three weeks in, they just dropped it. And people and were like it, really, you know? really hyped for it. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, that's kind of sad to hear because it, it's very like the whole one of the true lines of impact when it wasn't being mismanaged was the career of Frankie Kazarian. You know, like yeah. you, you can really follow it. And, you know, Christopher Daniels, both of whom are on the show, which is funny. But yeah, like this match basically was to build up Kazarian. Now, what's interesting is, right, um, the Sandman does nothing. At one point he goes out and he busts himself open and then he goes out and smokes in the crowd, which is yeah. definitely a move. And uh, yeah, he, I mean, he'd it, find himself in trouble on the on the AEW band list. He would, he would. Um, and yeah, obviously, uh, the 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 faces win. D'Lo Brown is there for some reason, and uh, yeah, they have a little beer bash at the end. What did you make of this uh, opener? I thought this match was decent. I thought um, I was really surprised to see D'Lo, but I thought he did quite like. It's obvious that he's not the D-Lo of 1998. No. But uh, I thought he did pretty good. I thought he looked slick. Like, anytime you see these guys putting a six-band tag, like, it's obvious that it's because, you know, they're not, they can't fully go anymore. Yeah. But I, I thought he, he was really, really good. Um, like, uh, uh, the match itself, I mean, it was only, what was it, like, six minutes long or something like that? It wasn't... I and massive it, but, it was the, um, but the real talking point at the end of it was to run it yeah with Sting and uh, Jarrett so, so my, sorry my question before you jump in uh, <laughs> you complained last time when you saw Jarrett there was no guitar shot <laughs> immediately we're 10 minutes in and we have the bat <laughs> and the guitar <laughs> <laughs> yeah but here's the thing is so like I get what you were saying about the toxicity rip off yes it was obviously a rip off but it was pretty cool so it this was. thing starts with that awesome opening package you have this genuinely good like six man tag it's it's not the best match in the world but it's like fast paced there's you know, people in it you recognize, it's good wrestling. And then the next thing you got Sting and Jared coming down, you're getting your big brawls, you're getting your guitar shots, like the bats out. The crowd is like oh. these, these 1,000 people are yeah. absolutely white hot for what is happening. And I'm sitting watching this going, this is great. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm of the same opinion, genuinely. TNA flying, like, I'm, I'm ready to get in behind all this. Absolutely hyped. And then the next thing, everything grinds to a halt yeah. with an eight 
15 minute Vince Russo promo before just sapped the life out of this. Before right you get into that, start. before you get into that, there is one thing that I do have to give, uh, and I wish more companies would do it. I know why they don't do it, but I wish they would do it. Mike Tanay and Don West, uh, still a bummer that Don West is dead. Uh, he was yeah. there was nobody like Don West. Um, I, I love Don West and uh, Mike Tanay on commentary. They're they're just phenomenal. Oh, they really are. What I would say is like Brilliant. one thing that is consistent through the show is that I genuinely enjoyed the commentary. It's great, isn't it? It's really good. But they do this. They do a thing where they're talking into the headset, obviously, but then they have a microphone, right? So they're recapping what's going on to the audience at home and in the crowd and I wish oh. I wish they would do that because when you're at a live show you have no idea what the commentators are saying I was so surprised <laughs> the first wrestling show I ever went to I was so <laughs> surprised that there was no commentary <laughs> yeah yeah and I, look I get why they don't do it because it does sound kind of weird but it's like no you should really look after your crowd because they have no idea what's going on so the thing about Impact, and they've done it from... This was a WWA carryover because they used to do that too. And I think it's a great idea and they stopped doing it in, in Impact eventually. But this is brilliant. Just do that. So I, I do have to quickly call that out. But yes, the entire show grinds to a screeching halt where you have Vince Russo cutting a promo about nothing. Uh, you know, basically... Um, getting himself over as, as a face and then a mega heel... And uh, it, it ends all up with... The, it's all the usual Russo yeah. stuff. You people in your trailer parks. Oh. Yeah. And you, you, you can hear when he loses the crowd because it's not so bad at the beginning. D'Lo comes out then and then it just goes off a cliff. But here's the thing. Nobody wants to hear an 18-minute promo from anybody. No. Yeah. Like it's like yeah. do you remember when the Ultimate Warrior returned to WCW and the crowd was pumped for it and then yeah. he waffles on for you know for the guts of 20 minutes and it just kills everyone but and what Vince what, Russo was no Ultimate Warrior what they were trying to do here right so AJ had just won the belt from Raven Raven had one of the best feuds of, of in Tina history genuinely right Raven's best run other than with Punk through, throughout Europe, uh, was with Jeff Jarrett in, in very early TNA, right? So the story they were trying to tell was that Raven wants his belt back. The story they actually told was Vince Russo is not a very nice man. I can't use a term that I wanted to use. Is <laughs> not, not a very nice man. And he's, you know, in, in a power play. The type with, of person you might see next Tuesday. There you go. Uh, which is when the show was on. It's on every Tuesday. Thanks, Martin. Uh, Actually, come here. Uh, not to <laughs> to jump off uh, to a different topic, but maybe you can uh, uh, give me the, the the details on this. So I've heard two different stories for the origin of TNA. Oh, yeah. Apparently, one of them is that it was originally called Tuesday Night All-Stars. And then... Okay. WWE started putting something on of a Tuesday night, so then no, it's not. It, 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 it's the it's a dirty joke. I, so it is TNA. Yeah. For, 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 for example, the the tag team that we just saw are Sex Sports and Entertainment Extreme. 
Yeah. The, these see, are that fin- doesn't even make are... sense because that would be C. Yeah. These <laughs> Extreme are... begins with an E. These are prime, prime Vince Russo things. So, you know, this 18-minute promo that like, basically killed the show. Like, the whole crowd are like, what is this? Uh, it didn't even tell the story they were trying to tell, which would pay off at the end of the show. So he actually books the show quite well, but cannot help, can't help himself. He books and that's it around the himself. Is, he, yeah. No, 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 here, no, 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 no. WDB books it around Vince, right, usually, when they would do this kind of stuff around him commands. He books the show correctly, but then interferes and ruins yeah. it completely. Inserts. That's, he yeah, is, that's is. It, yeah. He is a guy who wants to be a wrestler but doesn't want to train or <laughs> practice or exercise or, you know, he just wants to just be a be wrestler but not have to do any of the work. Yeah. You know, because he keeps putting himself in, like he did the same in WCW, like he was constantly putting himself in matches and angles and... Well, that's the thing. Uh, yeah, but... When you're watching the show, or when you're watching any TNA show, it is quite interesting to see that because there is that element of the show does make sense, but all the other stuff pulls away from it. And d- literally, their first year, the first slam anniversary, is ruined by this 18 minute promo that didn't need to happen. Yeah, you know, nothing was achieved. But you no, know, and like I was, like I say. Such goodwill going into this. Opening promo was deadly. First match, great. Sting, Jarrett running, brilliant. Hot crowd. Like, I went into this with so much goodwill. Yeah. <sighs> Man, that that really just absolutely, like, put a, a roadblock right in the middle of the, the whole thing. But then they immediately went back. With a fantastic <laughs> X Division <laughs> title match with Chris well, Saban. And Paul actually, b- before you get into that, they'd actually kind of won it back for me just before that. So just oh, before... sorry, I forgot about that. Yes, go on, go on. Yes, just sorry. before this match. Starts. Sorry, thank you, thank you for, for catching that. Sorry, <laughs> we go from the uh, we go from the Vince Russo snooze fest to a very brief um, sort of backstage segment uh, with I can't remember who the other ones are, but the guy who walks into the middle of the backstage segment is. None other than CM Punk, but not hold just on. any, not hold just on. any CM I, hold Punk. On. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to give context. The girl is Mickey James. Oh, right. The girl is Mickey James, and I can't remember who the other guy is. He's one of the members the of the is, yeah. of the but the flock. Yeah, or, or Ravens. What's yeah, Ravens flock to, gathering, gathering, gathering. Yeah, he's not yeah. allowed to call it the flock. So <laughs> Punk wants to join Ravens gathering. These two yeah. are members of him, and basically he walks in to say, "Hey, listen, you told me you're going to talk to Raven about getting me in, but I could not hear a goddamn word he said because he is two nipples pierced, Punk." I'm <laughs> 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 bas- basketball short wearing Punk. <laughs> basketball shorts, two nipple rings, just. What the goddamn hell is? There's something like um, I, t- I don't know. Do you remember we were talking a couple of weeks ago about how a wrestler? <laughs> oh my god, I can't. No, I just I just went back to watch it. Oh my god, I can't. A I wrestler. Can't I can't help no. but notice that now. Thank you for that. So it's like. <laughs> oh my do, you god, we were talk- <laughs> do you remember we were talking a couple of weeks ago about how a wrestler isn't wearing elbow or knee pads? He looks like yeah, it looks strange. naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two nipple rings is just wrong. Yeah, it's just. But it doesn't you know, look. He looks extra naked somehow. 
I don't blame you for like not not copping that's Mickey James because it's the most yeah, distracting like, thing in the I world now. Blinded by the glint of, of Punk's <laughs> nipples. Oh man. But yeah, and that's, instantly I was back on board. <laughs> that's for that's for that's probably the greatest w- women's champion in history in Impact Wrestling. Yeah. And this is her first thing. And she's completely overshadowed by Punk with two nipple rings. Doesn't it speak to the egalitarianism? Um, of TNA and perhaps that they were moving away from the this idea of the divas being nothing more than you know something to look at. Yeah. When Mickey James, a fantastically attractive woman, is uh, outshone, the the focus is on Punk's nipples <laughs> rather than rather well, than it. yeah, It's crazy though, but like I ca- I genuinely cannot remember who the second guy the the second guy is. No, but... I and he's. I didn't, to be honest, it's not even, I can't remember. I didn't even recognize him when he was, so I don't know who he was. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, this, this kind of, I was sitting half asleep going, oh my God, when is this Russo thing going to end? And this (laughs) kind of woke me up. And then you have the the clip that shows uh, when AJ Styles won the X Division title, which was, or sorry, when he won the, when he won the actual title. Um, Sorry, we saw it twice. N- Sorry, NWA, yeah. yeah, so he wins the NWA X Division Championship. And, and Ricky Dragon Steamboat is in the crowd. Sorry, is, is in the, the referee. They do the whole crowd streamers thing. I don't think that was in the asylum because the crowd does look very, very different. So I think that was on one of their touring shows. And then it kind of does a video package where it's like, yeah, uh, SEX Saban. So Saban's part of SEX. And then London comes back from Japan. So the story of this is you have... Uh, Sorry, I have this. I have it running at speed, and uh, the women in the cage is shaking. It's really distracting at like double speed. Oh my god! Like, and they're fully like there's yeah. So they zoom in. The it's, entrance, it's very distracting. At the entrance where they have two uh, actually women. Actually, we are, we, are go- we are going to stop there because uh, we're almost at time, and then we can properly talk about stuff. <laughs> Won't get us kicked off. So, um, all right, Martin, uh, to run down the clock here, uh, is there anything you want to plug before we we kind of move into uh, overtime here? Um, no, no, look, like I say, uh, we're going to some stage. We've a couple of things coming up over the next few weeks. I know before, for example, all in, we're maybe going to talk, take a look back at the original all in. Um, yes. so we've, we've a couple of different things coming up, but we are, I am excited about the arc we're doing on the in your house shows. Cause so I think like this was a nice vertical slice of TNA. I think the in your house shows, go through a really interesting transition period for mm. WWE. And I think that'll be interesting to follow. Very good. Very good. And I mean, that's kind of what we're trying to do. We're trying to diversify a little bit away from just going to the Edge era. Um, but listen, the main thing is this show is your show. So if you do want us to do something, uh, some kind of show that we ha- maybe haven't seen or maybe you want us to go back and look at Unforgiven 1999 again, um, let us know. And the way you can do that is you can either email us, you can get us on our social media, or even better again, you can give us an X-Pack slash six-pack euro and uh, we'll be very grateful for that. But the best thing you can do is spread the word of the show and tell other people, hey, there's this cool wrestling podcast that uh, the lads talk about nothings. And we do appreciate that as well. And everyone on Phoenix FM who... Um, obviously gives us this slot as well. So we'll be back next week to what's it? We in your house, in your house next week. Yeah, we'll um, kick off the in your house arc next week. 
we will and then uh, we'll go on from there so guys we'll be back after this short break if you're listening to the podcast please do because we have only started the, the TNA nonsense and uh, we'll talk to you after this short break uh, next week here on Phoenix 92.5 FM bye guys keep our lesson Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. So we're not on the radio, but we were. We're on Nerds No Media, the Wrestling Re- Rewind.com, and the True Penny Channel, where all podcasts are made available. Also, Spotify, iTunes, all that kind of good stuff as well. Actually, iTunes doesn't exist anymore. It's just the thing I say. Uh, it's Apple Podcasts, but I'm still. Oh, is that, uh, is that what that is? That's what that is now. Yeah, but I think iTunes is better. I think it sounds better. Um, and yeah. it's and it's more appropriate, man, because we're back in 2003 talking about TNA's first uh, anniversary show which would become anniversary. and uh, look the reason why I stopped you before was because I was really I was like girls in cages well yeah shaking, uh, shaking their arse <laughs> which is what they do and it's very gratuitous oh it's full on like uh, so the 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 entranceway is set up with uh, these cages and there's a girl in this cage dancing uh, I, I mean that's fair enough you know it's got like a kind of a underground nitro yeah, party image kind of thing. Where, where it gets leery is the is the camera work. Like a girl, a girl dancing in a cage is like, oh, that's a that's a cool shot. A girl dancing in a cage, but you have zoomed in on the sixteen square inches around her arse. You know that gets. You know who it gets should, a bit. You know who you know who they should have brought in as their on man on the ground expert. Oh, not uh, what do you call him? Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's just what, like what, what that really needs is just a low growl over us. <laughs> Mike Tanay and Don West just cut away to Mark Madden. Mark, what do you think about this? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what I was missing. That's why TNA didn't succeed. But yeah, so there's, and and the thing is that like whenever I think of women's wrestling TNA, like I think of it actually being given like a like t- taking a wee bit more seriously like the knockouts division yeah for for a period was was quite good again i'm I'm not the tna kind of expert uh, that dar is so i don't know which era of tna i'm talking about here but like whenever i think of women's wrestling tna i do think of the likes of mickey james and i do think of the wrestling been taken more seriously but my god this is full on this is attitude era <laughs> Well, you, have, you, have to, you do have to put it into context because like that hasn't happened yet. You know, it would happen, but not yet. Like the direct, we're like two years away from, two years out from Nitro no longer existing. You know, like 2001 happened. There was nothing. And then there was this. And I'll, as, that's why the best way to think about this period is the little, sh- the little ship that took people off the Titanic to New York. You know, 
that's yeah. that's the way to look at it. Like you know, and then it's going to have a lot of the the echoes of those shows. And I just, so is that there... one, that one is it's just weird though because I mean, when you watch it at second speed, it's it's very distracting. <laughs> so there's not a there's not a single women's match on the show, is there? No, no. There is a lot of women dancing though. Oh yeah, and there's lots of skits and stuff backstage and all that. Um, but like this match specifically though, uh, like Saban would obviously become part of the Motor City Machine Guns, which oh, this phenomenal is a tag team. Great match. Like, And then you have Paul London obviously who, you know, would go to WWE and have a, a pretty decent career um, of his own in, in tag team wrestling. But Saban would be like a TNA mainstay and he would eventually win the, the championship. But like you can really see here that this is the second longest match outside of the main event because oh. this is they know what side their uh, their toast is buttered on like this is the match that you pay to see this is the match that we're that you know they will clip from again and they will use and fair play to two lads um Saban but even does, at that it's win, only but it's only is it seven eight minutes it's about eight minutes yeah yeah so one of the like this this is an excellent match, right? Um, and even the interference in it is so Punk interferes. He comes in and he does like the the Raven kind of sitting in the corner in thing, the corner. And, yeah. and then hits the even flow DDT. Yeah, and it's good. Like it ties into it. It doesn't. It's it not doesn't like, take. A, it doesn't take away from it. Yeah, yeah at it all. Doesn't, it doesn't take away from it. Doesn't ruin know? the match or anything. So uh, no problem with the with the match here. Really good match. What I have in my notes here is that this TNA wrestling show is really good when they let the wrestlers wrestle. Yeah. But the problem is that uh, so between the bell of the first match ending and the bell of the second match starting, there are 23 minutes. Yeah. And in this one hour and 50 minute show, there are 43 minutes and 30 seconds of wrestling. <laughs> It's it's what uh, I was getting watching this was the same kind of frustration and impatience I get when I watch a modern WWE pay-per-view, mm. you know, where there's a match and then there's a segment and then there's a load of ads and then there's a recap and then there's a word from our sponsor and then there's a promo and then there's a... And then by the time you get to the next match, it's been 20 bloody minutes. Yeah, um, and I was starting to get the same kind of frustration and impatience I get when I when I watch those. Well, that makes sense. You know, it, it is kind of one of those things where they knew what they had, uh, and they kind of had to make it stretch out. But also, Russo's there trying to tell this overarching story that kind of undermines his own story. And uh, like, look, that match was quite good, quite good. It, it's a shame that Punk wasn't in TNA. He was in there for a little while. Like he wasn't in there for that long. So it doesn't really pay off the way they wanted it to pay off. Um, well, and it's, it's strange that you say that because there was a lot happened on this show where I was like, Oh, I would, I would actually like to, in terms of the story, I would like to find out what happens there. Like, yeah, I'd, no, that one I'd pays like, off. That one pays off in a different companies. <laughs> it pays <laughs> off in independence around Europe where Raven and, and Punk have one of the best dog collar matches ever. Like, but it's not in TNA because at this time, at this time, uh, they would work anywhere. So stories would, uh, you know, that's what I mean. It's like 
it's a nebulous period where, yeah, they'd be working on a house show, working on the one indie, doing TNA, going well, back. And that's kind of how this worked. Isn't that how they ended up with the title being vacated? So prior to this show, the world champion before AJ had been Dan the Beast Seven. Yeah. And then he was supposed to be, I think, it, was he supposed to be on this? defending his title. Um, but he, it, nothing happened. He wasn't injured. He wasn't under contract. Mm. He just had other shows on in Japan. And, was just yep. like, and he wanted oh. to do that instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've just, now I've, I've, I've got these dates in Japan I have to do. And they just had to like, just but take you, the belt but, off. <laughs> but you know who he did get? New, New Jack. Yeah. <laughs> so New Jack has this insane backstage promo. Where he's like, I don't know many wrestling holds, but I know about beating ass. And he's going to beat Mike Sanders' ass. And then Shark Boy shows up. Watch and this promo, folks. I like it's it's amazing. Gary, you know my feelings in New Jack. I <laughs> think he's a fucking asshole. Like I really don't like him. This made me like him. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Promos. It's so good. It's so good. But so the match itself, right? Well, well, just so Shark Boy. <laughs> shows up in the promo and he's like he's talking about beating Shark Boy but it turns out that what he's talking about is beating him at games, games. they play so it turns <laughs> out him and, him and Shark Boy play all these games and then I swear to God I had to pause this because I laughed so much New Jack's like I beat your ass every night I beat your ass at every game we play I beat you at Twister I beat you at that game with the white woman well, on the front <laughs> just that got me too. lost it that got me too. Just lost. <laughs> that got me too. It was amazing. <laughs> so there are a couple of interesting signs uh, when New Jack walks out. Um, did you catch any of them? There's a few of them. Is this? Uh, I think so. One I saw was no good gays, no bad gays, just assholes. There's a similar one. Wash your ass! Exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that even means, <laughs> or what, like in what context. It's so weird. So that that's that's one that you know is on the hard camera for like the majority of the match. Um, it's it's hilarious, but uh, yeah, like I don't know who this lad is, Mike, Mike Sanders. I think he's comedian, um, but he was in WCW for a little while, um, and yeah, it's so they explain what this is. So this is a hard ten tournament, right? So it's a hardcore match but it's a point system so you need to every weapon shot has points with the, the largest amount of points being for a table spot which is five did this make yeah, any so, sense so, so this is this is what I mean about TNA explaining their uh, their gimmicks yeah so every every clear weapon shot so everything that I assume that you didn't block or put your hands up or whatever because going back to AEW's list there are a lot of unprotected headshots in this match um, are, yeah. every clear weapon shot is a point uh, going through a table is five points and the first person to get the ten points wins so there's no uh, pin or submission or anything like that um, <laughs> I've, I have a feeling oh, oh and and again going back to the thing uh, all the weapons are from the crowd Oh yeah, yeah, taking all yeah, absolutely taking stuff from the crowd. Uh I don't know this Mike Sanders guy either, but I have a feeling that uh New Jack knew just how long this match was gonna go because uh before 
just at the end of his promo before he goes out to the ring, he's like, uh, he goes, I'm going to beat this guy up. There's no bother. This is going to be me an easy match. I'll see you in five minutes, Shark Boy. And this match literally goes five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it, it's a bizarre kind of relic of like a cool idea. Like, look, it, it's an interesting idea because it's, it's competitive sparring with weapons. Yeah. But, and it's very interactive as well. I mean, like the crowd must have loved it. And obviously they were trying to get their, uh, you know, trying to get people into it as much as possible. And I've never really seen anything like this outside of TNA for better or worse. But in practice, um, New Jack is killing them. Like legitimately, like he's <laughs> absolutely welling them over. And at the other side, it's like, it's very hard to like, as you said, really kind of suspend your disbelief because there's way more than 10 shots in this. I mean, like Mike Sanders is winning somehow while he's bleeding all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what's going on? But New Jack is very entertaining in this match. He really he is. is. Well, what I'll say is, so uh, this was a, f- a, they learned from the mistakes of WCW. So yeah. they, they know that these kind of weapons heavy plunder brawls are fun for five minutes. And that's yeah. it. And that's not it, 10 yeah. minutes, not 15 minutes. Like you go out and you do the thing and you, do the spots and people cheer and laugh and blah, blah, blah. And you get it over with. So like this was a grand match, but honestly, for me, the best part of this match was uh, watching Shark Boy in the crowd with his huge um, Hulk hands, Hulk, green Hulk (laughs) hands on him. Every time New Jack was like, uh, every time New Jack was winning, he was like, uh, Hulk hands up in the air and then whenever Mike Sanders was fighting back he was like oh no Hulk hands covering his face <laughs> it was fun It look it was a lot more fun than what New Jack would normally do and I mean TNA New Jack is a very different beast in that sense so you know we'll see what happens so New Jack obviously won uh, 10 to 7 uh, and then we got a gratuitously long promo for Trinity, who I don't recall ever showing up again. Uh, what did you think of Trinity, who made it known that she's a stunt double, likes the pain, and uh, is is the stunt double for Electra? Yeah, know? this was so long that it was actually felt like it was in two parts. So because I was watching it, and I was oh right grand uh, maybe she's coming in she's going to be a big deal blah 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 and then it kept going on and then I was looking at going is this a different is this a video package for a different woman wrestler or are they still talking about about Trinity so like even without knowing where this went and that like it I was kind of confused by it and also if you're going to bring a wrestler in I mean Talk about how good they are at wrestling. Don't spend 10 minutes telling me that they're a stunt double for B-movies or whatever. So then we got uh, two flashbacks. One uh, of Raven's debut. Uh, I'm a Jeff Jarrett won the belt. And then also for D'Lo Brown, who is positioned as a top star. Which which is wild, really, when you think about it. Some of these flashbacks, I mean, they're not all, but some of them are pretty good. Some of them go... Oh, I'd actually wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind come back and watching that. You know, so there is, there is really good stuff here. So what gets me is that a lot of the flashbacks are of wrestling. Yeah. So they know that the wrestling is the 
kind of the thing they have that um, differentiates them from WWE, you know, because they have some genuinely like really innovative, exciting up and coming guys. And, you know, you talk about like the likes of the X division. So what I don't understand is why all these flashbacks are focusing on the wrestling, but the show itself like two-thirds of it is not wrestling. Well, we did get some wrestling and we got the return of our favorite Bukali, PJ Palaco, <laughs> a.k.a. <laughs> just Incredible, coming out as Just Incredible, which really is which really is incredible because, I mean, he got fired from WWE and is not allowed to use that gimmick. But, you know, it was before his PJ Palaco, so, um, or before an Africa. I mean, that actually is his name. So it's in between. When he was, yeah, yeah, I wonder. The artist formerly known as Just Incredible, he should have just don't use that. Maybe well, he thought yeah. to himself, like, I'm, I'm barely over. And <laughs> I'm barely nobody, over. <laughs> n- nobody, nobody cares about PJ Palaco, but at least the name Just Incredible is is memorable. Yeah. So I'm just going to use it <laughs> and <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> and if I get a letter in the post, well then, well, then that's, we'll stop. <laughs> you know, but if I come out there as PJ Palacco, I'm dead anyway. So That's true. So, uh, so he, ha- he had a match with very extremely little setup uh, with Jerry Lynn. And it, basically they were mates. They were having a little talk backstage and they called each other a bitch and now they're angry. Well, here's what bothered me about this match. The match itself was fine. Well, it, it was fine. It was, it was a three-minute match that yeah. just incredible one with a pole driver, um, I think. Wasn't it? It was a pole driver? Yeah, but but yeah. here's what, what bothered me about it is that so it, it came with a wee video package beforehand and it was all about how these guys, best friends, turned bitter enemies. They're <laughs> just going to get their hands on each other and tear each other apart. This is a blood feud. And they get in the ring. So just incredibly gets in the ring. And then uh, Jerry Lynn comes in after him. Jerry Lynn doesn't wait for the bell. He tears across the ring towards Just Incredible. And you're like, oh, he's going to punch him or kick him or bite him or they're just going to bat the life. Oh, no, it's a lockup. Yeah, he, lock te- up, yeah. <laughs> he tears across <laughs> the ring yeah. to lock up. This blood feud has started with a wrestling with a lock up. <laughs> <laughs> just, and it's over in three minutes. So, And it, and it ends with them pulled apart, which also yeah. is like... Okay, this is crazy. So, so from uh, look, in, from, in ring, this was kind of the first dip of the of the show for me in terms of in rings. But again, not no, this was actually bad. Like no, no, no. But from there, we had uh, basically ten minutes of nonsense. The first bit of nonsense was with the three live crew who who were in the dark match, but they weren't actually on the show. And the three live crew are Conan, Ron, the Truth Killings. And former number one contender <laughs> who went one on one with the great one on Raw. <laughs> Challenge the great one. Challenge the great one on was Raw. Only, was only two seconds from taking the world title <laughs> exactly. off the rock. In his prime. In his absolute, <laughs> at his peak. At his peak. Uh, obviously, the road dog Jesse James going as a BG James. Right, so here, here's where I need you. To... I don't know if I'm going to be able to answer this question or not because go on, go on. I don't know because I don't know why. Go on. Okay, so uh, do you know what the backstory is here 
because <laughs> as some, so we'll explain to the viewers what happens. I, I'm going to explain it from my point of view as okay. someone who has no context, doesn't know what the storyline is, hasn't watched TNA. Um, uh, Conan, uh, Ron Killings, and um, what's he's not calling himself the Road Dog. He's I'm just gonna say Road Dog. It's called Road Dog. <laughs> the Road Dog. For, former number one contender is also okay. <laughs> former number one contender <laughs> came within three seconds of winning the title. Um, <laughs> Road Dog are all sitting backstage, right? And then Road Dog turns to Our Truth and just says a load of really racist stuff. Like he's like, "Yeah, and you really love fried chicken, don't you? Tell me about your fried chicken, boy." You know, like it's a real 1950s racist nonsense and then turns around to Conan and is going uh, yeah you love your tacos don't you don't you <laughs> salad of order what's what's um, taco bell like and I'm sitting watching going what, what's happening <laughs> what's happening <laughs> so can you provide any context was Road Dog doing a, a Ku Klux Klan gimmick at the time or no 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 quite the opposite actually so he was doing a Black Panthers gimmick? No, no, no. So three live crew are a staple, right, of these three men. Each man, you're, again, you're going to have to... I'm So these guys it. are all in the same team? Yeah. Because okay. I didn't get that at all. No. Okay, hold on. This is... Um, there's no way I could put this this well, so I'm glad it's... it's thing. Each one of them, each one of the men we're supposed to represent an ethnic stereotype. Oh, okay. So, Road Dog Road is Dog. A, a trailer park. Yeah, he's a trailer park gangster, oh, is what they call okay. him, right? Or B. Jizzle, right? Killings was known as the truth, right? And he was supposed to be, you know, like a stereotype for that. And then, a black rapper. Gang, black rapper, yeah. Gangster whatever, rapper, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Conan would be Latino rapper, basically. Right. So yeah, this this promo for people who are new to the company is so it leans really needed some context. It leans very heavy into it. And um, again, it's like they're on the same team, but it's like bigging up the team, but also kind of there, there, there's no nuance. That's the thing. There's no nuance. It's like straight into it, like. Because yeah, because I was wondering. Because at one stage, like, <laughs> so it was so hard to figure out what was going on. So, like I say, road dogs being really racist towards the two of them, and then um, our truth uh, or Ron Cam, I'm just say our truth, uh, our truth, sort of comes back with like a a jabe to him. He's like. Hey, BJ, how do you close your fridge door? You, you let the air out of one of your trailer tires. I was like, what? <laughs> What's happening? See, that's it. It's 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 supposed to kind of set up the the gimmick, really, because the matches that they shot were dark matches, right? But they would be shown on explosion, so they're trying to build up this team in very limited time. Because the way think about it, right? If you only bought this show and you're like, oh, okay, you know, I'm going to watch a couple of matches. They had to actually get as much across as possible without any nuance. And that's why there isn't any. Yeah. But 
Vince Russo well, would, would would try to be provocative and obviously you end up with that problem. Well, I'll tell you what, if, you, if you're watching this show without any context, the first thing that comes to your head is like, well, now I know why Road Dog was fired. <laughs> <laughs> He's clearly a massive racist. <laughs> but then again, like, uh, Truth came back with him with a with a similar racist comment. So it's just, there's no... Without Wikipedia, I wouldn't know that. You know? But again it's it's of its time man you know it's like they knew what they were doing the crowd obviously didn't cheer so they didn't know what they were doing but Vince Russo knew what they were doing and again what have we said before the show makes sense but Vince Russo adds in these nonsense again and then there's one there's a there's like a I think it's Hornswoggle in the bin (laughs) for no reason or some lad that looks really like Hornswoggle uh and it's like, oh man, what? What is this? What is this? You know? Uh, and it's it's just kind of is what it is, you know? Um, which isn't good. Then we oh, have and, and then just to add to the the trifecta of offense, Conan decides, well, if you're gonna be racist, I'm gonna be really homophobic. And starts <laughs> going on about how what is it? You you pack more fudge than a Hershey's factory. <laughs> Sitting watching this, going, "What's happening?" <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, no, it's as I said again. That's why you know I warned you from the beginning, folks. I'm watching it on YouTube, going, "Where's the report button?" <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm saying, folks, watch the show because you can't make this up. This <laughs> happened. It's still on YouTube and it's not even age-restricted. You know? No, like, if, if WWE had done an angle like this, like, this would be up on YouTube and this, or it'd be on the network and this bit would have been removed. There would be, like, you know, the way they've gone back and they've taken out, like, Roddy Piper's blackface and Triple H's blackface and, and all that. Yeah. <laughs> this, this would be one of those things that's just quietly spliced out. So... In the middle of the next match, right, which is uh, Kenzo Suzuri and Perry Sarton, and actually a very good match. It ends in an old contest. There's a sign, and your man is so proud of it. He has this stupid face on him. And it says, no good guys, no bad guys, just holds. Oh, I thought it was just assholes. But it's no, so- just holds. Just holds. Oh my god, that's so much worse. <laughs> that's so much worse. That's so much worse. And the face on him, he's like, yeah. <laughs> you can see. <laughs> yeah. I came here for the holes. <laughs> Is that what it, man? No. <laughs> so like WWE have bought up WCW and ECW, and it's like uh like a big wrestling fan, but if you're not into that. Where do you like? What is it that attracts you to TNA? What what's different about it? I like holes. the holes. <laughs> it's like that bit from The Simpsons, you know? They like itchy, they like scratchy. This guy really likes holes. What's more than they want? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, I was a bit frustrated with this match because I love Perry Saturn. Uh, I didn't know Kenzo <laughs> Suzuki that well, but. Uh, I mean, coming from New Japan, I kind of just assume that he's going to be really good and really hard hitting. Well, here's the bit uh, I did. Here's the bit I didn't get right. Um, to, to get the no contest, there is a run in where they attack each other afterwards. So PJ Palaco runs out with with uh, Jerry Lynn with a yeah. kendo stick, right? And uh, LPJ uses the stick, 
and uh, on Perry's arm. <laughs> and then Jerry Lynn, they ha- fight him and they have a little fight between themselves. And why? Like, yeah. The- why? This- like, what was the point? <laughs> what was the point? This was really frustrating for me because, like I said, big fan of Perry Saturn um, and big fan of New Japan Gays. And I really wanted to see this match. And it went less than five minutes. And it just had, like like you were saying, just this pointless, ridiculous interference, this non-ending. And it was just, like, this is peak, like, Attitude Era, WWF, peak, WC, like, the bad aspects of it, peak WCW, where, like, there's, they're putting on fixtures, like, matches that you really genuinely want to see. But every single one of them is ending in a no D or a DQ run in, no contest, like 40 lads battling in the ring. You're like, can we just have one goddamn wrestling match that goes to a finish? So, like, I have um, on my notes here, like, uh, every, I'd say every third note is just in capitals. This reeks of Russo. This reeks of Russo. <laughs> and yeah, and one of them I have down here is the uh, really looking forward to this match. Less than five minutes. Interference non finish. Absolutely reeks of Russo. So afterwards, there's like a, an interview with uh, AJ. It's not very long, but there are some flashbacks and there's some notable appearances. Scott Hall is in there. They have, um, and it's outsider Scott Hall. So he's wearing the gear like, and also you have Grandmaster Sexay, who also is just doing the Grandmaster Sexay gimmick, wearing the gear. And you're like, <laughs> well, <laughs> they don't even care. They don't maybe, even maybe, care. Yeah, maybe they were like, look, WWE owns everything now. So like, this is the end of the line. So I'm just going <laughs> to use this gimmick until... <laughs> until the gear breaks and it doesn't work yeah. anymore. I don't have to buy new ones. But it, it sets up for a match with... Uh, Triple X, Christopher Daniels and Eli Skipper uh, with Loki. Loki, who you know as Caval, who you know as Senshi, um, against America's Most Wanted. Now, America's Most Wanted would be James Storm and Christopher Harris, right? Now, I cannot emphasize how important America's Most Wanted are in TNA. They are the biggest, the biggest team ever yeah. in TNA. So it's important. They they will come up an awful lot. They are very important. Uh just just for notice. But Christopher Daniels as well is there and he, he's a main. That lad just shows up randomly. <laughs> like in TNA, <laughs> he's there all the time. But you know, doing this show, we've just seen him pop up in random places. And at least in TNA, you know, he's going to be there all the time. So this match was seven minutes. It was actually a very, very good match. Opened in a very unique way. Um uh, you know the promo was what it was but the little backstage brawl was pretty neat and uh yeah it would uh it, it would end up with a i don't know because the, the christopher daniels really wasn't a it wasn't really a face he was always a tweener so it, it ended with what the crowd were kind of happy with but obviously america's most wanted where the people love america america's most wanted so this was a, a, yeah, a but weird they were kind decision of covered by the yeah it was a weird the decision. backstage assault yeah before the I, match. Yeah, and Caval and Caval's there anyway with a broken arm. I think that's why he wasn't on the show. So, yeah, but he does like like pull out the referee and different he does. Things. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm kind of I can 
kind of tell by the tone of your voice that you have the same kind of view as I do in this one, that again, this was not in any way, shape or form a bad match. No, this no, it really wasn't. It really wasn't. Perfectly good match. And like nobody would, like you say, nobody would even be particularly upset by the ending. Um, but I just don't, for whatever reason, maybe it's because it went, you know, like all the matches on this, like didn't really go long enough to get invested in it. Um, I just kind of don't have a whole pile to say about it. Like it was, yeah, a perfectly good TV match. No, I'm the, the I'm the I'm the same, right? And what makes more what's sorry, what makes less sense is what follows afterwards, where it's an interview with uh, I think that's Jerry Jarrett actually, uh, who who's Jeff Jarrett's dad, mm. uh, who who owned TNA um, before it was sold, and it's it doesn't need to be there. It really doesn't. Uh, it, yeah, it really really doesn't. But I can understand it because I mean it's quite you know it's his vision. Obviously, right? So I, I get it. But what follows afterwards, holy hell. This was just deranged. Holy hell. So, okay. As an outside perspective, man, as somebody who's never seen TNA before, what did you make of this? Right. So the, the first nine tenths of this, I was just an absolute confusion and a little bit of horror. And <laughs> just what in the hell is going on? And then for the last one-tenth of it, and I'll explain why when we get there, I was just in absolute stitches on the floor. Just like absolute hilarity. Um, so this section is, uh, it's not Kid It's not kid Cash who comes out. Who, who's the guy who comes out first? The big tall fella? Yeah. I don't know. Let's call him a bit. Hold on, hold on. Actually, hold on. Get his name now. Hold on. Uh... Eric Watts. Eric Watts comes out and he's just, it's just a generic promo. The crowd's not really behind him. Like I was going to call him discount, uh, discount uh, big cast, but. Yeah. So. <laughs> Do you know what? I got the that exact same thing. Did you? Yeah. I, yeah, except I didn't want to say it because he's, he's big Bill in AEW now and he's actually brilliant. Fair. He's hilarious. He's like, he's, he's one of those, uh, undercard guys who's probably just brought in to be a body but mm. he is getting so over with the with the crowds like he's genuinely funny he had a brilliant um he had a brilliant tag team eliminator match there uh on Wednesday with him and Brian Cage against MJF and Adam Cole and he like rips off MJF's shirt and starts like, starts like pretending to wipe his ass with it, but then he rather than just wiping his ass with it and throwing it, he wipes his ass with it, and then he like looks at the shirt, and he's like examining the imaginary poo on the shirt, and then he decides he hasn't got leverage, so he like goes back in for one more, you know, like sweep over wipe just to make sure you're done. So <laughs> well, you know, you know what's weird about this, right? So it goes. <laughs> I'm gonna have to check the segment out. Actually, that's gas. But what's weird about the segment is I'm trying to <laughs> like I'm just looking at it here again, right? And Goldilocks, <laughs> this is weird. Then, uh, is the interviewer, right? So obviously, her and your man are together, and it looks like Abyss is in the background. I think, I think that's a bit. Yeah. But they don't actually <laughs> reference it. Did Did you catch catch a no. reference to Abyss? And then no, the I door... I only like. 
assumed it was the best because I think I could kind of see like a glimpse of of the mask. The tattoo, no, the tattoo was what gave the, it away. The tattoo, yeah. But um, yeah, so this uh, discount, Big Bill, is in the ring. He's giving a bland promo, blah blah blah. Then Kid Cash storms out, Taping storms down, <laughs> taping his fist, storms into the ring, and he tears into just the most bewildering pro promo, where he's screaming at this guy, going, "I love beating up women." I'll beat up all the women in the world and I'll beat up your woman and you're out here acting like a woman and I'm going to beat you up because I love beating up women. So, what, what the hell is... What's going on? What is happening here? I just love beating women. Oh, God, I love beating a woman. What the fuck is happening? And then the next thing... The next thing... Uh, your man... After, after about... Three minutes of this guy got into great detail about how he just loves assaulting women. <laughs> like your man, this guy, Big Bill, is at his limit. He's like, hold on, now listen, I can take two minutes and fifty seconds of a stranger screaming about how they love baiting up women, but three minutes is my limit. So he, he grabs him by the neck and he holds him up for a choke slam, <laughs> but he does that. Choke slam where he's holding them up, and 15 seconds later he's he's still holding them up there. He hasn't slammed them, so he's waiting. He's obviously waiting for some sort of interference. That you know, I don't know if that technical issues or or what. So he's holding them up there, and the next thing, Goldie appears on the screen. Yes, and she's in this cage, and she's going, "Ah, help me!" And then rather than choke slam him, he he he. he He's so overcome with, you know, concern that he has to run off and help Goldie. So he just puts your man down, even though it would take the same amount of time. Arguably, it would be faster to choke slam him. But he he runs off. Goldie's in this cage. And this guy is just, which we think is the best, is just kind of looming behind her. He's not, he's not doing anything. Like, it looks super dodgy. but you know, you could probably explain it in court. He said, well, I didn't actually touch her or, you know, but she's in this locked cage and he comes running down and he's he's kicking the padlock and I'm going, oh, well, that's a metal padlock, buddy. But my favourite part is he kicks the door and uh, Perry starts just like, what? What's going on? He accidentally, he accidentally then, so beside the cage, there's this door and he accidentally bumps into the door during one of his kicks and the door swings open and, and Perry Saturn's just there a it's second, hilarious he get a full view of Perry Saturn in his cacks <laughs> clearly changing his gear after his match just looking up at the camera <laughs> what the hell is going on oh it's wonderful it's wonderful it's just I just love the whole ramshackle nature of the setup they were like alright where are we going to put this cage that Put beside changing rooms. Like, <laughs> that won't that won't cause any problems. <laughs> it reminded me of Joe reminded me of in WCW when Jericho gets kicked out of the building and he's supposed to be locked out, but they forgot to lock the door. So Jericho runs up like he's supposed to like start pulling on the door and banging on it, going, Let me in. And he runs up and he pulls the door and the door opens. <laughs> <laughs> and then he has to just pretend the door didn't open so he starts banging on this door going let me in you're like Jericho you open that door like 
like a second ago. <laughs> oh god, it's so funny. It's such a random segment. Uh, this so, was just deranged. So we don't get any answers. Obviously, Kid Cash is uh, you know the, the villain. Uh, and then we get a, a video package showing Jeff Jarrett beating AJ Styles and then uh, Styles and Raven uh, and Jarrett um, in a match uh, for the title. And that's when AJ wins. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it's setting up now the main event, which, of but course, just, is... Just before the main event, we got what this show really needed, which was another Russo segment. Oh, God. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> So, so okay. Again, um, the main event is AJ Styles and Six Pack against Jeff Jarrett and Sting, right? But before yeah. that, uh, Jeff Jarrett comes out and uh, sorry, not uh, AJ comes out with Russo. Russo, who has already cut a ridiculously long promo earlier on in the day, launches into another one. Another one that makes even less sense. <laughs> Because I'm like, I've oh, never... Which is saying something after the segment we've just had. Oh, yeah. No, basically his his, uh, his whole thing is, I got this major, major grab. You know, I can't wait for this grab, you know? Also, there's a great sign that says, face paint sucks. Yeah, is, I saw that one. That... I love that we're like, we're like, Russo, how did you do a promo that made less sense than the guy screaming, <laughs> love hitting women? <laughs> I just love it. I just love hitting them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's wish you were a woman. So <laughs> that's up there with the Mark man. We need to like. <laughs> that's yeah, that's brilliant. Um, oh my god, Kid Cash, woman beater, Mark Madden, <laughs> Learer. You know, <laughs> there's just these characters that exist. <laughs> that I'm sure these people aren't like this at all, but this is the characters they betray <laughs> your man was your man was very con- Kid Cash was very convinced when he was screaming about it for like four minutes <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and uh, Kid Cash you're uh, I understand you're a virgin Jeff no interest in sex stop beating him that's what these tape fists are for <laughs> oh my god right so the promo, the promo that Russo got. We need to release it. We need to release a, a Kid Cash t-shirt. Love hitting women. Of him t- t- walking down table in the fists. Yeah. That's only- <laughs> he, oh, even that, just do it with no reference to Kid Cash. Just love hitting women. It's like for the only t-shirt in wrestling history sells zero. <laughs> Zero t shirts so <laughs> the printer refuses to print it. Like, no. the, <laughs> <laughs> the company keeps calling us back on it's definitely not a type, <laughs> <laughs> but why? What, what, what? <laughs> you'd be like, All right, here I'm sending you a link, it's a YouTube link to TNA first anniversary. <laughs> this would be like what happened to you in the video store when you know, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like it okay to put this into context just to go back to that promo for a second right this was like their their biggest show ever <laughs> they dedicate time to that yeah Bruce was oh. like, alright bro he's biggest show ever it's gonna be amazing here's what we gotta do right before the main event like everybody's gonna be watching the main event all eyes on you kid you need to go down there and you need to scream four minutes about how much you love beating up women like like you 
you love hitting women like you love it like really go down there and sell that it's <laughs> it's pivotal to the show man <laughs> oh god so after that so that's what that's what we had and that was the benchmark of nonsense for the night but then russo comes out and he's like he cuts this big impassioned promo about how he's got the greatest scrap in, re- in wrestling history you know this great signing and you're like oh man who's a Who's it going to be? You know, who's going to team up with AJ? Because AJ's even confused. He's like, I have no idea what's going on. And then he's like, oh, he's a degenerate. And you're like, oh, God, I know what this is. (laughs) (laughs) Six pack. Well, Sean Waltman himself makes well, some noise. <laughs> makes some noise. <laughs> <laughs> you owe us a six pack euro. Exactly. Um, in fact, too sweet as well. It's in, fucking terrible. In fact, uh, uh, you're slightly wrong there because Outwalks six pack is not true because his music plays and then it doesn't come out <laughs> and then I'm thinking oh is this like a because AJ is in the ring then the music's playing but nobody's coming out and I'm thinking like oh is this like a an angle he's going to jump in from behind them and pop Russo or he's going to no show the event or is this part of the story and no he must have just like in the bugs or something. Yeah. Or he's in and just finishing yeah. his curry. Like, oh, just, okay, hold on. Button, hold on. Putting ha- handfuls of chicken nuggets into his pockets <laughs> for later. But he he comes out then, right? And he's not even six pot. He comes out in a tracksuit. <laughs> like a full tracksuit. You're like, yeah, oh, well, now I know why you were late because you were selling hash on O'Connell Street. That's... <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's not even wearing his gear. Like, he's, no, he's just in a full tracky, like literally a full tracky in a pair of gotties. And he, he comes out. Uh, I was like, all right, yeah, great. Like, and I, a big Sean Waltman fan. Like, uh, like well, he could have worn his gear. What a ward. Like everyone else was wearing their WWE gimmicks. He might as well. <laughs> I mean, he could have even done the WCW one, which was the same gimmick. He probably yeah. had it somewhere, you know? Like... You're telling me you've got 400 leotards of different colours. You're telling me you couldn't <laughs> pack one. <laughs> but no, man, I think this is topped by what happens. I don't know if you caught this or not, right? So when Sting and Jeff Jarrett walk out, there's two screens off the side. Look, and these guys haven't got WWE money, right? They don't have a Titan Tron. They have two big... <laughs> LCD TVs. Do you know what I'm going to say next? Is it one time TNA chapter? (laughs) Kind of. So, right. Obviously, this is like a PowerPoint. So they had to rush this, right? (laughs) It's full on a PowerPoint. It's full on a PowerPoint. It's like animated graphics. There's a roadie backstage hitting space bar every every three seconds. (laughs) That's what's happening. So it's like six time world champion. One time NWA World Champion. <laughs> why, why not just go NWA to our former end? Why one time? <laughs> and then it's like, um, what's it? Three time champion. And that just rushes through 77 combined championship runs. It's like, right. what is just this? And then it's just, that up. And it's just this thing. Jeff Jarrett in like basic, the most basic just font in the world. Like, like Times New Rome. Like, <laughs> Calibri or something. It's the same font that I type like by work documents. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, okay, this took some intern like 20 minutes. 
<laughs> like it's fine. Yeah. It's totally and fine. It was, it was twenty minutes because he's an old laptop like me, and the first ten minutes were spent trying to turn, 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 turn it off. But then you know what Sting did get in the ring. He was great. You know, uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, the Stinger is. You know, he's still in his prime here because it's WCW thing for all intents and purposes. It absolutely is. Uh, Double J looks great. I'm a big fan of Double J. I think his best work is in TNA. Uh, look, he does. He does a. He yep. does a. Um, he does a reign of terror. He absolutely does, which I think a lot of people kind of forget about. But it's, uh, you know, it's more justified. Isn't it mad the, the, that both both those guys are in AEW now, and both of them are genuinely brilliant? Like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, still really good. But Double J's always been great. That's the thing. Yes. I just for some reason in WCW there wasn't enough room to breathe, and. Just whatever it is, same with Christian Cage, right? When we do eventually see Christian's work, it's unbelievable. Like oh, it's the I'm best so, work of his career. So looking forward to that. Um, but the signs in this man, I think this needs to be a separate book in and of itself. <laughs> like I don't even know what's going on with these signs. Like it's so random, and there's no creativity in them. Like they're <laughs> they're just black marker, you know, and <laughs> and black marker. I love hitting women. <laughs> I'm gonna, Vince, I'm gonna take that to Wembley, and in the middle of me being beaten up, I'm gonna be like, "It's a TNA reference." And no, a kid cash walks out just screaming. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So you know, a lot of the crowd are still holding like random weapons, which is weird. It's like, why are you still holding the trash can lid at some point? You know, but uh, yeah, it's very off-putting because Six Pack is there and he's just in a tracksuit. So I actually forget he's he looks very similar to um, Vince Russo as well. So at one point when I was watching this, I'm like, is that Vince Russo? Oh no, no, it's not. Sorry, it's Six Pack. I can't believe no one proofread this before to be like, this will look really bad. But okay, and the crowd just are just confused by this whole thing. The front, the front, the front. Uh, like six lads are just constantly staring, not at the ring, but at anything else. I think it's at Vince Russo. If you oh, want to take so, pictures of Vince Russo. So that's one thing. I, I said earlier that uh, the commentary is consistently great through the night. I was wrong. For the last match, Russo gets on commentary and he oh, Russo's all over it. And yeah. just Russo's the life out of it. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, here's the thing though. He is over. Surprising, and he's he's over, and I don't understand why. Yeah, because he's uh, like, is it? I, I think what Russo did, the only talent he actually has is that he very effectively positioned himself so he looked like he was responsible for the attitude era. No, he no, what I'm no, absolutely I'm, was not. See, okay, okay, here's the thing though, right. That's a different conversation that I think we'll actually 100% get into at one point. But at this point, right, it's important to remember. This is after WCW collapsed. This is Partly after, because of them. But partly because of them. This is after 2000 WCW. You know, the damage was already done. Like, And I'm like, did you not remember what happened three years ago where, you know, you had... Judy Bagwell on a pole match. Like, did did we all just 
forget that part. And and, and do you remember our, weird, it seems like it seems like remember yeah. our WCW arc we did of WCW pay-per-views. The last couple of pay-per-views when they got rid of Russo were amazing. We're actually getting back on track. Like yeah. The very last WCW pay-per-view um Greed called Greed, yeah. I was watching that going this is a show I would watch. Absolutely. You know, if this if this was on every week I'd watch this and it's so I yeah, I'm I'm completely baffled by this. But I will have to say Sting in the ring uh like this thing is great. Works really really well with AJ. Um, oh yeah, you got Sting and Jared in there, you got Styles. Yeah, um, but like like Styles like, 3 years before this was like on velocity. <laughs> you know, like again to put it into perspective, this isn't the AJ Styles of now. This is no, like but, rookie but, AJ and he's still incredible. He's st- so he does some stuff in this match that's like genuinely brilliant. And, and a lot of wrestling isn't like the real skill of it isn't the big moves or whatever. It's the little things that make stuff look legitimate. So he yeah. does a, a ref bump here where he does a, like he goes to super kick Jarrett, um, but he hits the ref, but it is the most slick natural looking thing you've ever seen like it doesn't look like like 90% of ref bumps no matter how good they are always look really contrived you know yeah. this looks amazing this looks legitimately like he was going to take the I think it was Jarrett he was going to take the head off Jarrett and Jarrett just kind of under his own weight just collapsed and he yeah. clips the ref it, and it's like like I say it's the little things just making them look legitimate that are you know how you tell like a good wrestler from a great wrestler yeah I mean like look the end of this is let down by you know it has a ref bump but it has some Vince Russo shenanigans but the right right decision is there Jeff Jarrett and Sting do eventually win Um, but again the story they were trying to tell was that Raven wants his belt back and instead of just doing that they circle all the way around include people that don't need to be included included Shane Douglas and have a random run in which while it does eventually lead to the end of the, of the match it's also completely unnecessary um, it's, it's so know, really bizarre it, doesn't this end with like is Douglas and someone else in the ring fighting and no then, they, they go up the ramp oh they, oh, they go, up, go up the ramp yeah um, but is there during the pin is somebody else in the ring fighting and the referee's just like yeah, so ignoring go, these two people who aren't supposed to be there. <laughs> so they go up the so the, the final bit of it is at the end of it, they're in the ring, Russo brings a chair in, Raven and Douglas come back in while two has happened. So it's not at the beginning of the pin, which I mean is why it's, right. it's probably why. Um again, look, you are right. A WWE ref would be like, What are you doing? But <laughs> you know, he's off he's he's almost at three. Uh sorry, Russo has a bat. So like, oh, Jarrett God. does get the does get the pin while being choked out by Vince Russo, and um, it's just nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. But again, the whole point of this story really was Raven wants his belt back, but then it sets up the the new triumvirate of Raven, uh, Jeff Jarrett, and Sting, and it, Which, it goes think- off the air in a pretty cool way. 
Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was really cool. And like I said, a lot of the stuff they did in the match was really cool. Like, like I said, I'm coming at this with no context, no background knowledge, but you, you know, in a good rest of the match, just through physical storytelling that can kind of tell you what's happened. So that moment where you get Raven and Jarrett face to face, that even got me. Yeah. And I, I have cool. no I have no context for this, but as soon as it happened, it was so well done and the two yeah. guys are so good that I instantly knew what it meant. And I was like, oh, this is this is good. This, is this makes me this makes me want to watch the whole Ravens <laughs> gathering corporation. <laughs> you know, Ravens trad session, whatever. <laughs> but I mean that's the see that's and, and that kind of why why this show is a cool kind of like as I said it's a vertical slice it's because it is the best and the worst of TNA kind of at the same time but it's not it's not unwatchable I mean large sections are and it's still the bad is still fun you know yes. I mean it it is still a very watchable show and it it's quite a good show and I you know if you made it this so this far so far or this deep so far rather um. One, I don't know how he did it. Fair play. Uh, without <laughs> watching the show, because it must have been weird. But uh, if you haven't, like, we're going to link it in the description of the show. So go watch it. And um, it's, this is... It really like, is a must-watch. A must like. I can completely understand how, like, uh, if you're in 2003, like, the invasion stuff has happened. WWE's taken over. It's sort of very rapidly once it gets rid of its competition it becomes like we're saying the homogenized pasteurized kind of bland thing it is today mm. um i can completely see how you would watch an episode of this absolute nonsense and be like oh my god i'm hooked i'm gonna yeah. watch this this absolute i'm gonna watch this every week this is so it's like <sighs> reviews like this are hard because like in terms of reviewing it as a wrestling show it's so frustrating because the actual wrestling is good to great, but there's so little of it. Like I said, it makes up 39 minutes of a two hour show. But there is. Well, here's the thing. You were sports. Enter- of, you were sports entertained. Well, yeah, there's there's a, an element of <laughs> chaos to it that, um, you know, if you're kind of sick of the very rigid controls, WWE product like I could see how you would be drawn to this yeah and that's what kind of happened I mean it's funny because like the WWA we will have to get into like because it is that's a wild thing in and of itself it really is I'm really excited like there's a there's a black rain uh it's not a black rain sorry a, a black wedding match with Luna and Gangrel <laughs> or the, the vampire prince which is hilarious uh and I actually found my signed DVD that was signed by Jeremy Borash and Jerry King Lawler that I have from way back in the day. Um, and that's just wild in and of itself. But I'm I'm looking forward to following this and finding out at what stage of his career Punk said, maybe the two nipple rings are holding me back. <laughs> maybe I- Maybe I go can't believe one nipple ring, or maybe go no nipple ring. I can't believe I didn't notice it, and now it's all I can look at when I look at a segment. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> but like, look, there, there are, there are one or two things we can do here. You know, like there, there is a lot up on the on the Impact Wrestling YouTube site, but then you have their own 
their own network. And guys, I don't particularly want to pay for for another network, but <laughs> God, no. if if there is if there is demand, we might. But I think doing vertical slices like this probably is is the way for the time being because that means everybody can watch them. So, but there is a lot of amazing TNA. A lot of atrocious TNA and then a lot of just this weird stuff. And I think the sweet spot, to be honest with you, even though it is bad, uh, the sweet spot is like this mix. Because I think this property captures just how crazy. Because it's unlike anything else. It's not like pure garbage. It's not great. But then it also is. I mean, like, Asia Styles is <laughs> in there with Sting and Jeff Jarrett. And they're having yeah. bangers, you know. <laughs> and at the same time, you have like, like a paper six, that sounds amazing. Yeah, and then you have six pack walking out, who, as you said, looks like he's selling drugs on a country. Like it's, <laughs> you know, it's it's wild, it's man. Exactly. His music's playing. He's going, oh, sorry, I needed twenty cent for the time. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Get out there and do a Bronco stop. <laughs> I just love, you know, that he probably was in the back just like in catering, just like shoving stuff in his pockets. He's <laughs> like, oh no, I haven't got time to change quick. Who knows whenever I'm going to have money for croquettes again. <laughs> Fill your pockets, six pack. Those little small eggs they have as well. He's like, oh man, I'll eat like a king. <laughs> Goujons, oh my God. Am I back in WWE? <laughs> I don't know when he'll be back in WWE again. Oh, man. Looks like six packs having protein tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, basically, to close this out, man, what did you think of your first real TNA show? Um, yeah, look, I've, <laughs> I'm definitely intrigued. Uh, I loved some of it. I hated some of it. I was just completely bewildered, <laughs> just absolutely disassociated from myself by some of it. But an hour and 50 minutes, it just, it flew by. And at the end of it, I was like, I kind of, is, is it reminded me of um, uh, the film Starship Troopers? Yeah. Would you Would like you to, like know, to more? know more? Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> against my better judgment, yes. <laughs> I need to know what kid has against women. I would like to know more. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't even remember that this was the thing that Kid Cash did. So <laughs> I'm also intrigued. I'm like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah. I like, I kind of want to know what happened with Goldie and Abyss. Like, is Abyss a terrible, scary abuser? Or, I mean, let's not forget, the cage was locked from the outside. So That's Abyss true. is also just locked in there. Like, maybe he's, like, trying to say to her, but, oh my God, do you have any idea why this guy locked us in here? And she's <laughs> she's screaming, and he's like, well, I haven't touched you. I just, I'm a victim too. What? And I feel bad. And I feel, feel bad for poor old Perry Sarton, who was just like, oh man, I didn't even get to win my match properly. What the Perry hell? Saturn, <laughs> Perry Saturn, like me, Perry Saturn's back there going, oh man, me and uh, Kenzo, we had this great hard-hitting New Japan match planned and then Russo came in and said, oh, you got to do this. Oh, really ruined my day. I'm just going to get changed now and head to <laughs> what the hell? It's like, lads, what are you doing? It's like, how could this day get any worse? Well, I, I suppose it's not like I appeared in my pants in front of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and PJ Palaco, the ultimate bookily of everyone. So, you know, we had enough of everybody. You know, it was great. PJ uh, Palaco was like, I'm just going to go with the just incredible thing. And what if they, what if they like trademark you for it? It's like, I'm going to change my name to Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> the one merciful part of this is, you know, this is after X Factor, you know, with the Uncle Cracker stuff. So yeah. it's like, we had PJ Palaco and Six Pack, right? But Six Pack didn't call himself X Pack, but PJ Palaco called it called himself just incredible. So technically, they both could have just went with what they went with in WWE. Yeah, that's the bizarre part. And I mean, if anyone listening, if anyone Six did, Palaco, <laughs> that's actually even better. Um, if someone is listening and can answer this question, I'd love to know. And I was never actually able to get an answer. And I'll, I'll, I'll leave it on this. Why are some of the TNA guys using their WWE slash WCW slash ECW gimmick and some of them aren't? Yeah. That's one I was never able to figure out. Like, fair enough. There's some guys who are using their names. Like AJ and Jeff, Jeff Jarrett and all that kind of stuff, right? But I mean... D'Lo Brown, that's not his name. <laughs> you know what? It's you mean, not. You mean at some stage in the seventies, sixties, seventies, a woman had a child and didn't call him D'Lo? No, no, D'Lo. Um, and like the Sandman, you know, these are all things that WDB owns. But you know, if you guys know, let us please know because that would be. That would be great because it would actually answer the question I have. And if you'd like us to do more TNA in the future, well, we totally can. But our next arc is going to be in your house, uh, number one. So I'm excited for that. I looked at the card the other day and I was like, wow, this is a Psycho Sid, which is always fun. Oh. And um, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, I hope he gets promo time. <laughs> I hope he breaks his leg again. <laughs> Although fun. I'm I'm actually slightly worried now because the last show we did that Psycho Sid was on, we had a great time <laughs> word for word going through his promo. But now I'm worried that like we've been desensitized to it by four minutes of Kid Cash screaming. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you know, Psycho Sid's gonna seem tame, logical even <laughs> after <laughs> after that. Oh man, I'm looking forward to it anyway. But man, before we get out of here, is that anything you want to plug? Yeah, I just want everybody out there, all our fans listening, uh, uh, Phoenix FM, everybody on uh, Troopany Channel, uh, Nerd No Media, the whole gang. I just want them all to know how much I love hitting women. <laughs> In fact, ring them up and say that. Try to ring them up and tell them. <laughs> just love it. Don't actually do that, please. But um, no, I think it's absolutely uh, a shirt we have to do at some point because that's hilarious. <laughs> With context on the but context on the back though, you're like, hold on, hold on, go to this link, go to this. Yeah, link, to yeah. This the front is just I love hitting women, and the back is like disclaimer, disclaimer. <laughs> and and a link. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. well, folks, that's going to do it for this week's. Uh, edition of the wrestling rewind we'll be back next week uh, again please go over to our patreon give us a six pack euro which will be an x pack euro next week and uh, or a virgil tenor that also works and martin what's the other one <laughs> got a punk's nipple rings fiver <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, and of no, course, no, nothing says fanboy like two nipple rings. <laughs> oh my god! Um, and folks, yeah, uh, the best way to help out the podcast is obviously sharing and spreading the word as well. So we do appreciate it. Go over to Nerdtonal Media or TheWrestlingRound.com. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys. See you for a Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.